What's up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Teen Chat Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Jared Wilson, joined to my right by Rachel Mogan. How's it going? And to my left, Zachary Parks. Yo. And our special guest, Chess Hall, woo, joining woo. us on Skype from Florida, the United States. Hallelujah. How's it going, Chess? What's up, guys? Hey, great to have you on. So in case you did not know, Teen Chat Podcast is a video game podcast where we talk about games, the ones we love, the ones we hate, and everything in between. If you want to get in contact with us, you can do that by sending us an email at teamchatpodcast.gmail.com, following us on Facebook, like, nope, Twitter, liking us on Facebook, <laughs> and subscribing to our YouTube or iTunes channels. If you want to support the show, you can do that as well, but going to patreon.com slash teamchatpodcast, where as for as little as a dollar a month, you can support the show, and in return, we will give you a cool perk, like getting the episode early before its general Tuesday release every a, Tuesday, every Tuesday. But if you don't want to do that, that's totally fine. Cause we'll keep Forever. making the show week after week, giving you great gaming content. <sighs> We're slowly. That's two weeks in a row that Ooh, you've kind of, of fudged it, buddy. Why you got to point it out? Are you sick? Damn. Yeah. <laughs> Why you got to waste my flavor? I just, I just, it's, it's just so noticeable now that you've been doing it so I perfect know. for I so know. long. I don't know what's wrong with my head. Oh, that was days. 95% perfect. 95%. Oh, 93%. A minus. So as of this recording, nobody has, uh, has correctly guessed last week's song contest, which the hint from last week was given to us by Mogan, which was cool guys. Don't look at explosions. Boom. So which game is it from? We'll just go ahead and talk about oh, it. Oh, really? Yeah. Just, because by the time this yeah, airs, the concert is over. Oh, well, so, that's, you know. true. that's true. Oh, what a surprise. It's from uncharted. Yeah. Da, 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 da. Yay. So we were talking. So did you pretty, yeah, you just pretty much picked it because we talked about it, right? No, no, so no real special like, reason to your heart. Someone if no one gets get this, it. I think this will be a very obvious case against the uh, song contest. Exactly. Obviously, if somebody won it, take it to court. If somebody, <laughs> if somebody won it, then, you know, we'll, uh, I'll, I'll jump in and throw, yeah. and throw in their name and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. But as of right now, it wasn't. But the game was Uncharted. Stick around to the end of this episode, and I will have a hint and, a hint and song for this next week's contest. All right. So, Chess... Thanks for coming on to the show. Uh, obviously, it's great. So why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and why you got into gaming and uh, all that? All right. Well, yeah, my name's Chess. Um, I have a podcast uh, coming up real soon called Plus 7 Intelligence. And uh, I'm, in a way, I'm a, a typical gamer, maybe. Um, <laughs> I've been playing games for a very long time. Um, my parents kept me within the educational game bubble for a while, but... I eventually burst out and uh, started playing pretty much any game I could get my hands on. Um, been sticking mostly to PC gamers because they actually, my parents wouldn't let me have a console. Hey, and, same. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's but, story. Uh, I make I make it work. You know what I mean. Very nice. And um, yeah, so I just really love games. I love talking with people about games and. Um, one thing that I really like to do is I like to challenge how people think about games because. Um, what, if you're a gamer and you play games all the time, then what you think about games kind of impacts how you think about yourself and how you think about, um, your life and your place in this world. So, um, I like to talk about those kind of things and, and, uh, like to hear other people's stories. Very cool. Very cool. I liked it. That's awesome. Yeah. So is that what plus seven intelligence your, your show will be about? Uh, yeah, more or less. Uh, it's, I call it the show about how games impact people. So it's kind of the, the premise of the show is that uh, a lot of us treat games and the real world as two completely separate things. But uh, something that I've found in, in my digging and, and my way through the world is that uh, games, video games are 
having real impacts on people's lives and uh, on culture, on people individually. Uh, you know, it can be something that's, you know, emotionally significant to someone, or it can be something even more tangible, something that inspires them to, uh, to make a change in, in their life. And uh, I think that a lot of those stories kind of get brushed over, but I think they're really significant. Um, and so I, for the show, I try to interview people who have an inter- interesting perspective of how video games have affected the real world. And uh, so I've interviewed uh, everyone from game designers, uh, a psychologist, a counselor, teachers, um, all sorts of people who have used video games in interesting ways or had video games impact them in interesting ways. And uh, I'm really excited about the, the conversations that are happening. Nice. That sounds really awesome, man. Yeah, it that sounds does. really interesting. Would you say that a lot of the conversations that are going to be brought up in your podcast, do they tend to be more for a positive spin towards video games? Or is it uh, a balanced field? Or like what is, because I'm, I'm getting a sense of more of like a positive aspect of what video games can do for people. Is that true? Yeah. Yeah. So I definitely, I definitely take the position that I want to talk about the positive things simply because not really that many people are. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe they are, but they're not really tapping into a lot of the, the interesting stories that are out there. They don't know about all these other people who, are creating video games with the intent to help people and they don't know about all the other people who have been inspired by games so i kind of wanted to collect that stuff but it is true that i want to be uh balanced in the sense that i don't want to um you know i don't want to only be positive and and turn out the negative because in my life i've definitely had a love-hate relationship with games that sometimes they've been good for me sometimes they've been bad for me Sometimes it's uh, completely unclear. <laughs> uh, so uh, I want to be honest about that. And uh, a lot of people are in the same boat. So uh, that's what I want the, the show to reflect. But yes, I definitely want to emphasize the positive simply because I don't think a lot of people are. Yeah. Well, and because I, th- I still think there is a stigma of gaming and the gaming culture that people, especially people who play games are having to overcome still today. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of people who still view it as a waste of time, yeah. still view it as just a hobby, you know, and there are now plenty of people out there making it their job. I mean, mm-hmm. we we're doing our small corner of it by doing podcasting and stuff like that, but we've also been all players for the majority of our lives. Yeah. Uh, but you know, all the, all the way out there to the esports people and all that stuff. But it was really cool. And one of the big reasons why I wanted to have you on is because I feel like our goals and missions with our two podcasts is very similar. When we started this show, the, one of the big things that we talked about is that we wanted to talk about more than just the base level of games. Like, Oh, we like this. We don't like this mm-hmm. explosion. Like we were saying before we got started, explosions are cool. I like shooting stuff in games and all yeah. that, but really pouring a little bit more into it. Like some of the things that we've done in the past, like role models, character deaths, uh, mm-hmm. you know, or even music and art direction, stuff like that to bring a bigger awareness. And one of the things, like I say, in some of our descriptions is, you know, that the, that video games are just as big and just as viable in an art form as movies, books, TV, yeah. all that stuff. And so, and I think it's getting to the point where the world is beginning to realize that in more, in a more major way. Yeah. But you know, here we are in our little corners of the world doing our thing to try to make that the more of the, yeah. the big view of gaming. And what mm-hmm. excites me about this idea that you're going on chess and what we have touched on, but haven't fully delved into is, uh, our personal, experiences and relationships like we talk about games how we feel about them and sometimes we do get into like 
how a game has affected my life, for example. But right. I've never told you guys like how like what Halo means to me. Yeah. You know what I how mean? How have yeah. we never talked about that? <laughs> I've talked about why I love Halo and like why it's a good game, but I've never talked about what it means well, to me. Well, then hold it. Hold on to that. <laughs> as Save a, that. As you like, can, as a you person. can't just come out of the game you know? with that stuff. Because it's like a huge part of me. <laughs> right, you right, know? So right. Like, I, and I think Chess, like, it sounds to me like that would be a topic that would be at the forefront of an episode for you, like what a game like means to me in my, my life in, as a whole rather than just like why I like the game. Or how you know. Halo impacted you? Yeah, how changed Halo you? Changed made me. you hit those top of those leaderboards yeah. like that? Like I mean, you yeah, gotta yeah, yeah. wonder how did it come to this? Yeah, <laughs> you must wonder what <laughs> what, what happened to this poor person? Make my goodness, <laughs> Chief was trying so hard to steer he you was. down the path of righteousness. <laughs> uh, well, so before we get into the main topic, of everything. One question we do like to ask everybody is, what is your favorite game? Um, totally loaded question. I have to say, uh, my favorite game is Portal. <gasps> oh, oh, good that's, choice! That's a great choice. That's a game that I just, I always come back to, always think about. Um, and there's so many things I could say, but the kind of the main thing about it as being a favorite game or kind of a uh, a perfect example of a game is that you know, Portal as a movie. Mm, Maybe it would have been cool, but not really that great as a book. Not that great. No. But as a video game, outstanding is the only way that you could really, Im- you know, feel the impact of you know thinking in four dimensions, and um, it's it's a perfect example of how video games can do things that no other medium can. And uh, the execution is great. You know, it's a short game, but um, there are more quotes that come out of that game than probably any other. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> And uh, it's just great on on every front. So, uh, yeah, Portal continues to capture my imagination. That's an excellent choice. I thought about Portal for our topic today. I think it's pretty pretty obvious one. I mean, it's just on a surface level about problem solving. You know, that's a very easy in for like, what have video games taught me? Problem solving. I think it's a very base level, like beginning starting point. But yeah, Portal was a big one or one that I definitely thought about a lot. And it's up there with one of my favorite games, too. I absolutely love Portal. I just played Portal for the first time, actually, earlier this year. And I remember you weren't kidding about the short, the the, the duration of it. Because I was like, like, I'm I'm still in the trials. And they're like, no, that's, that's the game. That's <laughs> it. He was, was like, like, I'm still oh. in the lab. <laughs> like, that's, it's like you're, you're probably always done. in the lab. Yeah. Well, it just because it was numbering him, I thought it was still just like the tutorial part, but yeah. silly me. And then all of a sudden I was like, cool. oh, the game. Oh, so, I'm, I'm actually like almost done with the game then. Yeah. Okay, cool. That's all the right. game. <laughs> all right. Well, Chess, since you are the guest, you uh, get to you brought the topic for us today. So why don't you go ahead and introduce what that is and what we're going to be talking about for the rest of the time. All right. Well, uh, the topic that I wanted to bring to you guys to talk about was um, the idea of what games have taught us. Um, I think that uh, I think that's a really tangible way that you can point to, or at least start to point to, the impact that games have had um, on your life. Um, I think, in in my opinion. I think that games teach us a lot more than we feel like they are. And only if you start drilling down into it, you'll realize uh, how much information and how many skills and uh, even like soft skills, sometimes personal skills, like if you're working with other people in a game, uh, there's just so many skills and ideas and experiences that you get from games. And uh, we don't often really talk about them as uh as you know teaching us something 
but uh, I think that I think they do, and I think that um, it always leads to an interesting conversation when uh, when uh, when I bring this up. Awesome, cool, sounds great. So, what what would then to get us started off? What would be like something that a video game has taught you? Um, well, I like to tell this story that um, when I was twelve, um, I a friend of mine introduced me to the game RuneScape. Um, which if you're not familiar with count yourself blessed, um, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's fun, I guess, but it's, it's, it was definitely in the old RPG RPG tradition of, uh, extreme amounts of grind. It was, uh, one of the biggest, uh, browser MMO games. And, uh, I was very much obsessed with it and it's so much so that my my parents banned me from playing it. And, <laughs> We've all been there, and, buddy. <laughs> and I found, I still found ways that I could play it and I would go behind their back and I would sneak around. Hmm. And, you know, from my parents' perspective, you know, this game was so obviously a bad influence on me. It was, you know, it was convincing me to lie to my parents and go behind their back <laughs> and, and all this stuff. But... I think if my parents like saw what I was actually doing in the game, mm-hmm. uh, they might have a different perspective because what I was actually doing in the game was I was literally mining for coal <laughs> days in and days out because I had this master plan for making millions of gold coins. And when I couldn't play the game, I would be on the wiki and I would go through their spreadsheets of experience tables and gold tables and all this stuff. And I would, I came up with this system that I could make all this money and stuff. And, you know, all those skills that I was learning, like I would go to a different server to get different prices on stuff. Like all those skills, like that was setting up a business. Like, yeah, very, in a very literal sense, I was you know, getting a resource, sometimes refining it, you know, changing it, uh, you know, the the value of skills, like literally the value of skills that if my smelting skill or my smithing skill was this level, you know, that's kind of like having a college degree. So my, what I can produce is more valuable. Like, and so I, as, and this was something I did in my spare time. Uh, I mean, obviously I was a pretty nerdy kid anyway, but still, this was how I chose to spend my time and that experience and, um, you know, all those concepts of supply and demand and, um, you know, trying to find my niche market of all that stuff. That's that's all skills that I learned. And um, it was all, you know, when I could steal five minutes here and there, um, when I could sneak down to the library and, and not get caught playing a game on their computer and all this <laughs> stuff. And that's what I chose to do with my time. You know, it wasn't what you would think about with a game, with the excitement and and all that. I was uh, I I was drawn in to play this game to, and I learned all these uh, these ideas and skills just naturally. And uh, no one had to force me to do it. I just did it. Yeah, that's awesome. It's a great that's a great anecdote. I know. I, I wish I, my first first game that I played that rewarded me with such things. But maybe it did. Maybe it did. Maybe, maybe the point. We just and you're just not making. thinking about it critically yeah. enough. That's possible. It's very yeah. possible. I didn't learn enough. I had thinking. a um, I had a very similar experience to that in um, 
and not RuneScape, but Halo, and that's a game that I'll be talking about a little bit today <laughs> and every day. As perfect before. <laughs> yeah. And, um, this episode of Halo Chief <laughs> yeah. Goes to the Mines going to do some coal mining. <laughs> but uh, what what just struck a nerve with me was I had a moment in high school where my parents were like, "You, we are getting rid of your Xbox. Oh, no. We are. Mom, how am I going to play my games? <laughs> we are getting rid of your Xbox. You play it way too much. It's all you do, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I had a real crisis, you know, obviously. And I was yeah. like, really like, at one hand, I was like, do, are they right? Like, do I play too much? Is this a bad thing? On the other hand, I'm like, they don't understand what I'm doing. And when you said that your parents were like, they knew you were playing RuneScape, but they didn't really know what you were doing. That's how I felt about Halo. I was like, if my parents could get in my shoes and actually experience a game of what's happening, I yeah. think they might have a different interpretation of what I'm actually gaining from this. Yeah. And I've said this before with that time period, which was like, maybe this is maybe late middle school, early high school. I was playing a lot of Halo two. And this is when I was getting into competitive gaming and my life is really broken up before and after competitive, like Halo, like before Halo, I was playing like rainbow six, like racing games. I was playing a lot more like different, uh, variety of games. And then when I got into competitive first person shooting in Halo, I, like obviously, you know, pursued it as hard as as much as I could without trying to actually become a pro. Even those were those were thoughts that I did have. But competitive Halo was teaching me, and I didn't realize till later. I really like like you said, Chess. I really didn't realize all these things that I'd learned till later. But um, it is the type of critical analysis you have to do in order to win or in order to make plays or anything like that seemed to me equal to what I did on a tennis court or what I did on a basketball court. Like there didn't seem any uh, difference in mental capacity needed in order to perform well than, than a great sport. Cause and, you gotta be able to think ahead, know, know what you're going to do, yeah. anticipate a movement and all this other stuff. And so there's all that stuff. And then when you add, you have three other players that you're talking to your team that you have to play with a lot and know what they doing and let them know where you're going to be at and having, then this teamwork comes into uh, play and then the map knowledge comes into play and combining all these different uh, attributes or um, variables was like amounting to this really fast paced game of chess and it really felt like a very high I don't know I mean I'm, I'm probably amping up a little bit more than it needs to but it felt highly intellectual I was like this is hard like in order no, to do that. well you have to in like players that I play with that didn't do well weren't thinking fast didn't know the map and like couldn't really understand what the team needed versus what they needed to do. And right. that mentality, and that maybe that's a, a separate skill that I learned was teamwork. And that was a big one too as with Halo. But before that, before teamwork was just a very like kind of base level of of not I don't want to say like mathematical skills, but certainly intuition and developing a sort of making the connection between the brain and the, the hand like seamless. You right. Know? So yeah, I mean that's so. If my parents could have experienced that, I do believe <laughs> they would have been like, "Oh, I, that's why he does this so much because right. it's so fun." A, it is fun, and B, it's challenging. Right? There's a lot of cha- like really good challenging games out there that challenge players. And I feel like that entire <laughs> dynamic is kind of one of those things that 
society as a whole tends to not quite understand or even in some cases demonize because a lot of people look at competitive online gaming and go it's just a bunch of douchebags yelling at each other and it's like no no no, no. there's actually a lot happening there that you have to understand and especially if you are on a formal team like if you have an actual team that you interact with on a regular basis you do learn a lot about interpersonal soft skills like Chess mentioned you know when you do have to push harder and you learn when you have to pull back and when you can't push someone any further. You learn those types of boundaries. Mm -hmm. And honestly, I don't really see a difference in learning that person to person, face to face versus learning it online. I think Mm -hmm. that as long as that person is electronically present with you, you're still getting the same amount of skill. And you can probably attest to this. Anyone that's played online gaming, when you're playing an online game, you're there. Like oh, I don't yeah. feel like oh, I'm yeah. like really in no. my room. I'm in my room playing, but I'm like I'm in the To the I'm extent that, that if someone else is also in the room, yeah. they're not really in the room. I, I'm in a different room. You're you know, no, go away, go do your own thing. And these are I mean, Halo is like obviously the game that I played competitively, and I'm pretty sure that's small potatoes compared to like League of Legends and oh, uh, yeah. these other games, which I think are even even more complex and, and difficult and the variables even get higher, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah, there, there it's like you – I mean, I know you can have roles in Halo. Like, you can have somebody, if they get the sniper rifle, they're the yeah. sniper right then. Yeah. But, yeah, there are, in games like that, there are the, definitely the ones who are, like, the tanks who, like – or even the same as, like, in Overwatch. Yeah. You know, the heroes yeah. in Overwatch do, all do different things. They all have, have their know. specific role. You have to know how yeah. that role benefits the rest of the team. So, I mean, that's what I was going to jump in on, too, is just the critical thinking aspect of it. it. More than anything, I would say, is what really jumps out from what a game is taught. Um, s- similar to you, Chess, I couldn't have a, I couldn't have consoles growing up either. Um Poor nerds. So deprived. I was able to have a computer, which I was able to play. And exactly. And so I was able to play the play the computer. And on that, um, but same as you, it was all the educational games like the the Jumpstart Fourth Grade for the win. Um, Operation Neptune from the Learning Company. Do you ever play learning company games? Uh, that sounds familiar. Um, I can't think sure of anything those, else of theirs. Dude, I they made a lot, a lot of stuff. Yeah, yeah, lot the of learning stuff. company was all over educational gaming. Learn. <laughs> learning is fun. <laughs> Operation Neptune is the one I played a ton of. You what like about Math summary? Blaster? Yeah, yeah Math, Blaster. Math Blaster. I hated Math. Ma- really, Math ba- Blaster made me hate math. Well, well, I, I think that had anyway. the opposite Backfired. of results. I just want to be good. I don't want to have to do calculations. Yeah, God, Math Blaster and Number Muncher. I don't think they made that. Number Muncher. I played Word Muncher, but that was an English I was good at Word Muncher. Terrible at number muncher like mavis speaking typing had all sorts oh, of little that's games true. In it. that's true had to type fast to destroy the asteroids that were coming at your spaceship <laughs> i was terrible at that game but it made me a good typer so i learned there typing we <laughs> there we go it's a real skill a real, real skill world. that's needed in this world today um but the one that really stood out to me that that um i really learned from and where i learned the critical thinking stuff stuff from was for the civilization series uh, so turn-based strategy game, yeah, yeah, and that's one that similar, not quite as in depth. Well, maybe there are probably people who get into it as as in depth as you did with RuneScape, but just like you can really pour over the stats and the amount of things that you can just get into with that game is ridiculous. And especially as, as you get into the harder difficulty levels, the different types of victories that you can have, and all, and how your units will benefit, and what improvement on this specific land tile will do what. So it's again, it very much gave the critical thinking thing, but also for me, because I already liked history a lot, it also greatly improved my love and wanting to find out more about these civilizations and countries that I was playing as. I mean, I, I would. Pretty- and that's not even an intentionally educational game, no. but it then inspires you to go on and bother to do your own research out of sheer interest, yeah. out right. of actual genuine interest to learn about that thing because of something you experienced in the game. Exactly, because you can start the game as, you know, 
George Washington of the Americas, but you're dealing with swordsmen and, and spearmen and stuff like that stuff that America had no part in history yet at the time. <laughs> so it's still, but it's still, that's the progression and growing and all that, which again, but like you said, you do have to learn how to balance your economy with your science, with your, you know, X, Y, and Z to get all the, to get the outcome that you want. But it also, because uh, the, the civilization that I would usually play as was Persia and I would, because they had this really cool military unit that I, <laughs> that I liked. And, and so, but that also got me more, into like learning about these ancient cultures of, of Mesopotamia and mm-hmm. the Middle East and all that. So I, I, I think it did that for me. Call of Duty similarly did the same because of World War One, the first game, oh, or not World right. War One, sorry, World War Two. Um, I already liked that. I already loved you know reading about that. Reading, I read books on D Day and uh, obviously seen Saving Private Ryan. But you know, but still, it was just another way to get into this time period in this area that I liked, and it made it feel more real than just sitting there and reading a book. Even yeah. though it was a fictionalized version of events and had things that didn't actually happen, but it was still based around specific battles, specific places, and in a specific time period. Yeah. And so it, for me, games have really. Increase my love of history and finding and finding new things. Yeah, even so. if that history is a little warped. For example, maybe you're in fifth grade and you're taking history tests and you're like, "Who did George Washington fight in the Battle of blah blah?" blah? And you're like, "The Persians, probably." Yeah. <laughs> it's like, no, no, likely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so, so yeah, so I mean, that would be a thing. But that was an interesting, an interesting point is too is like how all all of us. Well, although I don't know, Mogan, uh, did you face any question. backlash from parents over gaming? Oh I mean, yeah, no, I got the internet timer put on me. Oh really? I could, yeah, uh, I could. I could only be on the internet for a maximum of four hours per day, and I was like, how do I get around this? Uh, four hours, that's not bad. How, yeah, right. You would think so, but as <laughs> a child, I was o'clock. like, this is unbearable. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's nine o'clock, and you're yeah. like, I don't have to go to bed until. 9 30 yeah. mom I need another half hour <laughs> i thought the years would have been a little bit more lax because your mom played yeah games no gamer. well th- really i think what it was is she wanted the computer uh, and the only way to get us off of it was to set the timers and it's like we're on you mom you can't stop us and then of course i would get grounded a lot for unrelated things because i was bad at school <laughs> and it'd be like no gamecube for you and i'd be like oh you have to go to bed eventually so i would wake was, up at 3 a.m wake up at 3 a.m to play my games you can't stop me mom <laughs> <laughs> so that was kind of how it was for me as a kid, but by and large, they didn't care. Yeah. Our parents would pretty much let us play video games more or less as long as we wanted to, but that was because we also lived in a very social neighborhood. So yeah. it's not like all we did was stay indoors. We did have very active outside lives beyond video games. So, so I don't think it was a primary concern okay. that they really had. Uh, what's okay. something you learned from an early game? So fun fact. So one of the main websites that I was on a lot when I was younger, do either of you or do any of you remember Neopets? Neo, Chio, Neopets. Neopets. Like the do little, you remember yeah, Neopets? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I had a yeah do you remember? So Those I, are the ones that you... That you was it online or was it the one? No, it video was online. Game. No, no, no. It oh, was okay. online. I'm thinking, I'm so, thinking of Tamagotchi. So, no, no, no. Not Tamagotchi. So it oh, was. I'm thinking of Tamagotchi too. No, 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 no. Uh, Neopets. Wrong, so it was a, wrong. Again. Wrong fools. <laughs> so it was basically just a website, and you would get on, and you would have like your profile, and you would basically adopt a pet. But they were all these like fictional, just little virtual pets. They didn't even really do anything at that oh. time. The internet was so young. Yeah. They were just 2D pictures. But like you would name your critter. It had like certain amount of HP. You could feed it. It could 
could starve, like not to death, but it could be like, yo man, you haven't fed me in five days. What is happening here? And I'd be like, I can't afford food. Okay. (laughs) You have to give me a while. So this is actually a really good example of at that time, a website that had a lot happening in it in terms of they had a lot of mini games, which is like the video gaming aspect Mm -hmm. of basically just things like snake Mm -hmm. and pong and those types of games that would enable you to earn in website currency. But they also had a lot of different layers that you wouldn't expect. I learned, and I actually I know at least a couple of other friends that were on that website with me, learned how to do the stock market before Hmm. we really understood what the stock market was because of Neopets. They had an in-game version of the stock market, and you could invest in it, and you could see how your investments did, and you could either gain or lose currency in that way. And then as an adult, I was like, oh, that's a real thing. (laughs) They're they're talking about the real stock market out there. So it was a really interesting aha moment of, wow, they really snuck financial savvy in under the radar to a bunch of kids that (laughs) genuinely (laughs) did not know what they were doing, but now they kind of do. So how many of your friends are on the stock market? now are you on the stock have you, yeah. swo- have you sweeped up actually sweet no stocks? we just talked about this because i mentioned that one of my big stocks i found out was primarily in ea, EA yeah. and i was oh. horrified so yes i am in the stock market sir my investments Wonderful. do reasonably sound. well sound they're sound sounded. i make sound investments they're not exponential but they're sound investments i have a a fallback plan. <laughs> exactly. I have contingency. I have diversification. That's the thing you learned in Neopets. You got to diversify. You yeah, can't, diversify. can't put all of your coins into Key. one stock. You got to diversify. But uh, that's just an example of one of the things that was one of the primary sites that I yep. was on that enabled that prompted my parents uh, to put the timer on the internet. They were like, yeah. you spent too much time on that website. And I was like, no, my stocks. Yeah. <laughs> if they had known, <laughs> if they had known it was all about stocks. Uh, but that's really not what I was going to predominantly talk about. Yeah. In terms of what I've learned from video gaming, and I feel like this is actually one of the more recent things, like recent being within the past five to seven years, I would say, of my life at least, is a more social construct, and it is both a pro and a con. Yeah. Uh, as I've gotten older and as I've become more aware of a lot of the social constructs in gaming culture, I feel like I have learned significantly more about feminism and how it fits into gaming culture and often how it does not fit into gaming culture. And that is both a pro and a con. And a lot of that has to do, again, with online gaming. Mm. Uh, Mm. I could very easily exist in gaming in a bubble and never play online games and thereby have my Mm. own experiences and make of what I will of my own opinions of that and never have to branch out. But once you do get into more of the online gaming, for better or worse, you run into a lot of different things. And a lot of that is very much uh, being sidelined as a female gamer, uh, being downright abused and harassed as a female gamer, and others is it like, oh, hey, cool, we have one girl on our team now. And it's like, that is both a pro and a con. Right. And Mm -hmm. having those experiences has made me more aware of what feminism as a as a whole really is like this is just one facet but i've been forced to learn a lot more about what my own thoughts and feelings are on this and what my own opinions are on how women fit into gaming culture as a result of coming up against all of these different forces that are frequently negative Mm -hmm. so by and large a lot of my online interactions are not especially good when i choose to actually use my voice in gaming and sometimes they are okay but a lot of the times it's not and that has forced me to be very critical of the media that I consume and and in in a good way. So it does force you to think a lot more deeply about what your own 
coping mechanisms are because sometimes you can't just turn the game off. Sometimes somebody says something or does something and you're like, why? Mm-hmm. Why would you do this? And it sticks with you and a little it, bit longer. And it sticks with you yeah. even more so than you want it to. So having to develop those kinds of coping mechanisms and reasoning and strategy is something that I have learned as a result of gaming. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Very cool. That maybe you may or may not have also experienced. I mean, um, yeah, I think kind of similarly, um, the idea of when you're playing an online game, getting exposed to different cultures is a really big deal. Um, you know, I had a, a operations group in, in a game that, uh, you know, one guy was from Canada. One, uh, one of the ladies was a farmer in the middle of nowhere um, and someone from D.C., and, you know, and then just random people along the way, meeting people from whatever, Germany and Netherlands. And like the idea that we're playing a game and you have no idea where these people are from, but the game provides a uh, a platform where you have a common language. You know, you you know, hey, I don't know much about that guy, but he's a he's a good DPS. He's a good healer. Um, you know, or maybe like me, I'm a decent DPS, but I managed to get myself, uh, thrown into acid pits in the middle of fights, you know, but (laughs) it starts a conversation with, you know, people across the world and, um, and exposure to different people and different cultures is, uh, it's a really great thing. Yeah, absolutely. It is. I actually, it's, it's funny. I don't normally, when I play online, I normally don't use my microphone just because, eh. and especially to if like Sam's here or other people or, or, or other people are around, around, like, I don't, I don't want to be on that. And then just, it's like, what? Oh no, not you, <laughs> the game, you know, kind of thing and all that stuff going on. So I, I normally don't, but every once in a while I will, if there's a particularly like chatty group on overwatch or yeah. something like that, who are really trying to make that effort to come together and play as a team, which I will say one of the greatest moments or greatest feelings is when you are playing with a group of completely random people, never met, never talked to each other before. And you do just have that clicking moment where everybody works together completely cohesively. It's awesome. But I was playing overwatch the other day and this one guy was being kind of chatty and like we won the rounds. Then we did that thing where you could stay in for the next day as a group and all that. So I was like, I'll, I'll talk to this guy. Let's see what's up. And turns out, it was during the uprising event that had just happened. Oh, okay. And this guy had gone out. He'd heard about it enough. He went out, bought Overwatch, and then also bought – what was he telling me? He was like, oh, man. It did, oh, because I he wanted the Genji Voltron skin, and he was just like, I haven't got it yet, and I'm really pissed. I spent 150 bucks on this game. I'm like, how'd you do that? And he's like, oh, man, just a college student, just chilling, man. I got my summer job that pays me pr- pretty well and all that. So I didn't have a lot of time. And I'd heard so much about this game. And so I just I went out and bought it. And then I bought like $100 worth of, bo- of uh, loot boxes. Wow, $100 worth of loot boxes? Dude. But it was totally fun. Like we added each other as friends. And so like I've seen them on and I haven't had a chance to play with them again. But it was still just one of these like random things. And this, just this funny story of just like somebody wa- trying to get into the game for the first time and just experiencing it. And yeah. like it was fun that I got to be along for the ride that little bit of time. Yeah, and we joked funny. about like how we never get what we want from the loot boxes and all this other stuff. It was a lot of fun. I uh, when Chess was talking, basically you had a monologue about online gaming, and that sounded like straight out of like an advertisement for online gaming in like 2002. <laughs> in 2002, <laughs> like when it first came out, the potential, the beauty, the and, pot- <laughs> and that's how I felt when Xbox Live came out. I got it very quickly, and something I learned. 
from just Xbox Live and, and online gaming, besides this teamwork and stuff that I got from Halo, was meeting people and socializing and, and understanding cultures better. And I had a really good friend from Wales, Seifalani, was his Xbox Live name. And I was, you know, 12 at the time, maybe, somewhere around then. He was probably, like... 28 or 30. I had a lot of older friends on X. Well, yeah, you're That's like, the kind of yeah. thing yeah, you like, hear on Dateline yeah. NBC. And you go like, you laugh Chris Hansen like, walks in. Sir, we need to talk. Yeah, yeah. Take a no. seat. Take a seat. What? No. Uh, Take a seat. <laughs> it is funny, but like we were good friends. Yeah. Me and him were really good friends. I mean, we would stay up. All, I used to stay up uh, with him, a couple other guys all night, and we wouldn't even play games. We would just talk. And I'd be like, what's it like in Wales? You know, yeah. what's the weather oh, yeah. like? And what's he's like, what's it like in America? And I'd be like, <laughs> Oh, it's great. You know, like it was this really utopia esque feeling of logging on to Xbox Live. Everyone was like, This is amazing. This is amazing. This is amazing. I can't believe I'm talking to these people from different cultures. From, right. It really did get that sense. I made so many new friends in the first year of Xbox Live because everyone was so excited that this was even possible. And so that was an early thing that I got out of video games that definitely translated into my life was like a sense of community. My, yeah. my on, the online community in, in the gaming community now is very different, I think, than what it was. It used to, for me, like feel like a very sacred, like no one knows about us sort of thing. <laughs> yeah. And now it's gotten to a point where it's like there's, there's like, you know, fra- fractions within the gaming community and not everyone likes each other a lot. And right. there's a lot of stuff like that, which is unfortunate. I mean, those Xbox players, <laughs> am I right? I'll kill you. <laughs> <laughs> That's my reaction. <laughs> but it is... Uh, I do think, I mean, this is a different topic now, like online gaming and how it's changed, but I do think I got a lot out of early online gaming. And the people that I still play with are the people that I met within my first year of right. online there gaming. There you go. I have a very tight, like, closet of Well, like friends. one of the guys you met has been on the show before, uh, Spencer. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, Spencer. Yeah, we've been playing since, like, middle school. Yeah, oh my I know. So, yeah, fr- true, true friendship is true something I've learned wonderful. about life from... Uh, yeah, he came on this show and slandered you <laughs> yeah. mercilessly. Yeah, I'm pretending to be his friend. Don't air any of this. You can cut this out, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so what is something then... We, so a lot of stuff that we've talked about that gaming has, has taught us has been from stuff that we've gleaned from the past, our past, our older experiences with gaming. So, so what would be something that you think Chess, that you've learned or a game has taught you more recently? Um, yeah, so I don't get to play a whole lot of games now. I don't have a whole lot of time, sadly, but, um, <coughs> one thing did come up recently in, uh, a conversation on a podcast I had that, uh, I was talking about playing Zelda and how like, uh, my tendency in games now, because I don't have a whole lot of time, and uh, is if something kind of difficult comes up, I'll tend to not put in the effort to to you know get past it to figure it out. Yeah, um, I tend to. I really want to experience different games and stuff. Uh, that's that's one of my main driving forces behind playing games is just to kind of sample what's out there. Um, but when uh, I don't know how I think uh, several of you guys have played. Um, but when I first encountered a Lionel, I had this uh, this moment that I had to decide, OK, well, am I going to am I going to put in the time to try to figure out how to beat this guy um, or not? Now, of course, I know that the way that game is, <laughs> uh, I had tons of other options and, you know, hundreds of other places to go. But uh, for me, it was kind of like, 
Well, this is the first time in the game that I've really faced an enemy that I could not beat after several tries. Um, and after playing through it, it kind of, the process kind of taught me about like myself and my mentality that it wasn't just in games that I was this way, that in other areas I was kind of impatient and I didn't really want to dig in and solve a problem. And kind of going through that process, it, it kind of made me learn about myself that I've kind of slipped into this mode where I'm like, well, I'll just put this off. I'll have someone else deal with it. I'll hope it goes away. (laughs) You know, sometimes they just give up. It's true. (laughs) Yeah. So it kind of, it taught me that, you know, I'm an adult, but I still have these tendencies to, you know, kind of skirt around problems and, um, you know, and then the process of, you know, getting back into the mode of, all right, I'm doing something wrong. So now I need to systematically figure out what it is I'm doing wrong. You know, is it my timing? Am I, Am I going about it the wrong way? Is there some secret thing that I need to beat this boss? You know, it's like a systematic thing of self-examination and uh, observing my surroundings, all that stuff that's, you know, like we were talking about before with problem solving. Um, And, you know, my kind of realizing that I've, uh, that, you know, whether I'm in a bad mood or whatever, that I can sometimes be a bad problem solver and that game kind of brought it to light. And, um, and so finally beating the Lionel and then going on to almost immediately then beat a blue Lionel the next level up, it, it kind of uh, re- reaffirmed my uh, my ability to, to move past problems, which, I don't know, for some people maybe that sounds stupid and trivial, but uh, I think a little self-examination goes a long way. Yeah, totally. Agreed. Good point. Yeah. Lionels really awesome. are hard, man. I, I, ran, I uh, the first one I encountered, I, I just ran past it. Well, I did, I did try to fight it. I did, like, I nah. did, and I was like, oh, it's, I can't beat it. Like I wasn't, there was not an ounce of me that was like, I'm supposed to beat it. Oh. Maybe that's me just like looking at the game and being like, oh, this is for later. Yeah. But uh, there were actually plenty of times in Zelda, and what, what, what I love about Zelda in general and Breath of the Wild too is like, you, these simple tasks actually kind of were like the last two bits that I would have to do for a task were always actually really challenging, like getting an ice block into uh, Gerudo Village. I don't know if you ever did that. Oh, yeah. You're like, oh, like, oh I'll get the ice block. This yeah, will be yeah, easy. Yeah. And like, motherfucker, that took, No, that, <laughs> that was so hard. <laughs> and like, I, I really wanted to give up several times, but that was one where I did stick through, and I was like, okay, I'm really glad. But basically, if you use like shadow and the sun's yeah. moving yeah. and there's enemies, oh, you have to drop hard, the ice man. and fight and Dude, then pick the ice back hard. up. And there's another one that I, this one I never figured out and I really regret was finding the secret code to the Gerudo uh, secret. You uh, never did? I couldn't figure out how oh, to you do that. Dumb. I know. Could you really not? No, because you like oh listen to these people talking and this is like a, like a, just you need a spy more mission. Omega threes or something. There's you a need vent, help. <laughs> there's a vent system that you're supposed to go to, right? Yeah. So you're supposed to like go into another room and listen I don't to know, a vent system. But you know, it's like, I don't know how you would have figured that out. How do you figure that out? You're not a moron, for starters. <laughs> it's Apparently, you have to have built-in situational awareness. Yeah, there. I guess you have to like know I, that. No, I it's guess tricky, that that is actually something. Yeah, that, that's know. something different. So that's just a skill that I guess you develop over time, honestly, by playing, or in this particular case, by playing enough games. Yeah. Uh, there are things, especially with long-running series like The Legend of Zelda, where having a long historical knowledge of that series can significantly yeah. help you later yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. Because it's not necessarily something that you may have learned in that particular game, it's something you learned 10 years ago and you're like, oh, this is that thing again. They've brought yeah, it back. Yeah. So it is something that, 
occasionally it does help to have that long history. And other times maybe it's something that's completely new and your yeah. prior knowledge has no bearing on the situation. Yeah. And learning how to reaccess some things that you may have totally forgotten from a thousand years ago and go, oh, based on what I know of X company and X game series and who worked on this particular one, yeah. I think this is that situation again. That is kind of something that you can be aware of for future games as well. So that's definitely one of those more soft skills that you can yeah. absorb. I don't know. I didn't realize there was a man there. You've got It's one. pretty simple. I, I, Do you I, want like, me it's to a simple tell it why I didn't to know. You? I didn't just didn't realize there was a vent there. Oh boy. Oh boy. It's right behind her. But you I can know. see it I behind know. her. I know, but I didn't. Oh gosh. Okay. Come some slack, mom. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't you're think that's right. That I'm sorry. Bad. No, I think that's oh. like yeah. I seems a little little tense. Yeah. A little little over. And someone has to push you to try harder. <laughs> I watched it on YouTube. Oh, there you go. Yeah, find out the way how to do it there. Yeah. Problem solved. Yeah. Taking all the advances that are available to us today to be able to get past our problems. I like it. I like it. Um, So I would say one of the things that not, and it's not even one game in particular, really that I would say has really affected me more in doing it, but um, doing this, the the podcast and everything like I can't think of any, any other, I mean, I've always loved movies and, and things like that too. And who knows, maybe I'll, if I find enough free time, I'll branch off and start doing, and we can start doing a movie podcast too. But for yeah. now, it's like uh, nothing else was really like for me something that I wanted to step out and be like, I'm going to take the time to produce this own thing and do this own thing about this specific certain subject. Yeah, yeah. And from that, you know, it just taught me uh, the appreciation of it. But then I, also more than that, I think it's it's to some to some degree in, been taught more self confidence, mm-hmm. like. Because honestly, I'm a very introverted person. Mm-hmm. I do like small talk for me is hard. Like, like, and sometimes we'll go on like trips and like when we'll get in an Uber or something like that, Sam. And if we're with friends, yeah, they'll try to like jump talk. in the back in the back seat, so I have to sit in the front seat and be like, "You oh, have that's to talk the to worst. them." Like, ah, uh, no, please God, no. But you know, here's this thing where, and now through part of it, you know, we host, uh, we host this, we do this show every week, and we we put it out there for the world, which can be also an insane thing, especially with the gaming community, how hot or cold they could be. Yeah, it could be met with tons of derision and criticism and all that, but or it could be met with so far love, but but you know, it's still there's just this thing of putting it out there and, and taking something that you know me, but then I think all of us, you know, feels very is very special to us and putting it out there and then seeing it do well and being able to keep coming back to it. I like. I normally with anything else, I probably, and if it was any other thing and probably honestly another medium, cause I just get to sit in this room and talk with you guys. It, like I probably don't know if I would do it as would have yeah, done it and taken yeah, the yeah. step to do, to do it and throw it out there. But it took finding something that I feel passionate enough to mm-hmm. be able to do it. And that yeah, just so happened to be games. Hmm. Yeah. Top that. Everybody. <laughs> I don't <laughs> have anything else. Thank you. I could honestly go just on kidding. and on with this. There's I know. a zillion like there's a, and a million things that we'll A zillion and a million? Oh, that just sounds... Editing. Photography and editing were two things I Thanks, learned. Thanks, Pokemon Snap. Pokemon Snap was one that actually helped with my photography. He was great at judging pictures. He talked about composition. He talked about lighting. He talked yeah, about you've talked about shit. this before, I feel yeah, like, Pokemon, a long time ago. And this, that was... Show. I wasn't going to talk about Pokemon Snap, but that's a good one. Uh, Halo, when Halo 3 introduced theater mode. Do you remember Halo 3 theater mode? No. Yeah, I remember that. that. Oh, where you can make movies and stuff in your gameplay? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a dream come true for me. (laughs) I literally spent more time in theater mode than the actual game. I would go play campaign missions, and I'd watch myself play the campaign mission. (laughs) Jeez. I'd watch my character play the campaign mission, and I'd get my camera. And you can do basically, if you don't, are you unfamiliar with theater mode? Or they have it in Call of Duty and other games now, too. But you can basically, it's like you're... um, 
a developer and you have the detached camera and you can move it wherever you want. You can slow down game time and you can take photos. And oh, that's badass. Dude, I took a gazillion photos. I made little movies and that's where I learned how to edit. The first things that's I ever excellent. edited were uh, Halo things. Oh <laughs> and look at you now. Things. Look and now. I am now a film editor. <laughs> so there you go. That's how that all started was with Halo. Halo yeah, saved me. <laughs> I, I have a quick story about that. In, uh, when I was in high school, uh, some friends of mine, we were in, well, we weren't really friends at the time. We were just put into a class group and, uh, it was, it was one of those, I don't remember what they call it, a life skills class where they, you know, uh, teach you about various slightly useful skills, but how to uh, balance a checkbook. And, but, uh, our project was we had to create some kind of presentation on, uh, on smoking and the dangers of smoking and, uh, and the other two guys in the group, they were friends and they, they had that mode or some other software that did something similar. And so, um, they had me come up with some, uh, some, uh, statistics and stuff about smoking. And then they went off and they made a video and it was one of the most hilarious and yet entertaining and educational videos <laughs> I've ever seen in my life. One of my biggest regrets is I did not save that video on a flash drive but it was mm. hilarious like one of them was uh, it was something like smoking kills a person every eight seconds and so they staged this room with like four guys and then one guy running around and then he would snipe a guy in the head and then exactly eight seconds later he would snipe another guy and then eight seconds later he would snipe another guy to visualize this <laughs> so, so that was that was a case where um you know, the, the game was something that allowed us to get into this project that we learned a lot. You know, to this day, I remember that number, whether it's true or not. Um, <laughs> it was very educational. And, uh, you know, the whole class loved it. We got an A. Um, Hell yeah. You know, and games were a big part of that. You know, our passion for games and, you know, the passion that drove, uh, you know, those guys to learn how to use it, um, use that mode. And then to demonstrate it and, you know, it was something that people could relate to because, you know, everyone liked to play games. So uh, that's, that's my awesome. story about that. That's awesome. And it's the same kind of thing. It's like how, how it started, you know, you started editing because yeah. you did this, this project and were able to get the good grade on it. But it's just like Rooster Teeth started from doing the exact same yeah. thing. They, yeah. like, Dude, they literally true. just cropped the HUD. All yeah. you could see was the pistol aimer and they would make little TV, little TV episodes. shows. And now here Rooster Teeth sits. Dude. They're, they've made a full feature, feature film. Oh, yeah. They're working on the sequel to it. It's insane. They have countless TV, or, I mean, not TV, but web series yeah. and stuff that they put out. It's ridiculous. And they're, they still make games and they make animated yeah, shows yeah. and they make anime. They it's ridiculous. Blue, I think. All, and they still do Red versus Blue. Yeah. All because they just, these two they guys really were like, like games. I really like games and yeah. I want to make a funny TV show out <laughs> right. of Halo. Which is definitely a next level thing. Like a lot of people don't look at games like, how can I make a TV show out of this and edit it and blah, blah, blah. But the fact that it did inspire those people to do it and countless others, obviously, oh, yeah. it's like there is something to not just Halo, but like just games in general that I think can also inspire people, maybe not to make, maybe to make their own games, which is obviously a big thing that like, I'm sure none of us, that'd be a, a good one. Like none of us make our yeah. own games, but if someone was here that makes their own games, that'd be their biggest, like, what have I learned from video games? Like maybe like how and why to make my there own games. There was a time I wanted to make your own games, but then realize there's no way, but you, there's still <laughs> other things that you've done through the media. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> through the medium that I think, um, you owe to it. 
for mm-hmm. inspiring you, like with me and editing. It's like I mean, this and, and this podcast. Yeah. I had to learn. I mean, I already knew some of the stuff because I do video as well. You know, yeah. it's like I already knew audio recording basics and stuff yeah. like that. But it's but it's still been this thing of it's had to you know get the gear, put put the gear, learn how to put it all together. We had to go out find somebody to make our music for us, yeah. and then all the <laughs> just other various things it's that we've and now we're <laughs> videoing each one, and now we got, actually have nice lights now and, and different stuff like that. <laughs> you Logan's know. Uh, dismay. I oh, hate chagrin. the new lights. <laughs> Yeah. But have you seen how well lit we are now? No, because I'm blind. Because you don't watch them? <laughs> I can't see. I can't see. <laughs> Why do you think I had to get these glasses, glasses, you fool? I'm sorry. But, you know, it's it still just has a, a big end of it. And it's, and it's really cool because, like, even... And I think now because doing it for me, you know, so how we've all talked about and shared that how our, our families growing up and our parents especially were um, a little more strict about it or had their, had different opinions of it and things like that. It's, it's an interesting thing too. Cause it's like, now that I've done this, like for my birthday last year, my parents actually bought me my, the first video game that they ever had. So just in case we have a weird start here, because I can't remember what we were talking about before we had some technical issues. We're back rolling now. Okay. So, uh, so no, what I was saying is that I think it's really, uh, it's an interesting thing that like all of our, all, Oh, I remember what it was now. So the so I was what, what I was saying is that it, what, it was about parents. Sometimes you just got to get on a yeah, roll, and then right. it comes back. Then to the, you. the mental thought I've just been comes back. A lie. Um, so anyway, no. What I, what I was saying is it's really interesting how all three, all of our parents uh, did have some. Obviously, like we were kids, we probably didn't understand. Like, no, we need to be responsible, you know, and all that stuff. <laughs> and, and play, when we were playing, you know, like, oh god, don't put those pressures on me to be responsible. Yeah. I just want to play these games. But you know, they still like took measures to either. I like, I know, I got grounded for playing games yeah. so many times. Um, and then, yeah, we also had a had a timer of how long we could play every day. We couldn't play every day. Like it was you what? know all that other stuff. What kind of dystopian past did you live in? You could write a young adult novel. <laughs> yeah, 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 seriously, based on it. But uh, but but no. But still, it's like it's an interesting thing now that I think doing the podcast and and then too, just because of how more mainstream it is, I think it's becoming more accepted. So case in point, I do this now, and you know there was definitely the time in the past where where my parents thought this is just a it's a waste of time. Hobby does not need to be a part of what I of how I spend any any amount of my time. But now it's like <laughs> last I went to go I went to go visit home a few uh, about a month ago, and while we were while I was there, like. One of the topics of conversation, my dad was like playing good games lately. Oh, and I'm like, wanted to talk about it. He's seen <laughs> I was like, oh, yes, oh, yes, father. I am, dad. In fact, I do. Like, and I, I gave was this, joking. I, I texted you guys about it later because I gave him this perfect five minute summary of the storyline of Horizon Zero Dawn. Oh, you did. Tell I me felt about like that. I like completely was babbling off yeah. when I was doing our full review episode. I, it was so concise. It was so perfect. I was like, nice. damn it. Why couldn't I have done that during the actual show? But then also on that too, like I think I think it's becoming more now because there are more things in gaming is becoming more ma- mainstream. People of the past who used to think that oh this isn't a big deal, this shouldn't be a big thing in people's lives are beginning to realize that it is. And I think that and you know and I you know not saying we're necessarily the causes of that or we're on the we forefront, <laughs> we're a part of it, but, we're not the, but you know we're not the leaders in it. But it's still just it's still great that like now it is becoming seen. Like how many billions of dollars of the gaming industry. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, it's providing viable jobs for people just in the exact same way that the movies are, that movies are, oh, te- television yeah. shows are. And so it's just great that it's that you know, we're obviously very early on in what we're doing, but it's like we're on that we're on that 
we're on that cusp of you know riding that that wave <laughs> of, of glory no, of normalcy. <laughs> you know, <laughs> plant our flag years yeah. from now and be like, you know, this is what it is, and this is gaming, and it's awesome. Uh, <laughs> you guys are all wrong. We all say I told you so. I told you gaming so. has taught me to stick yep. to my guns. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> did not trust people. <laughs> say all the negative things. <laughs> well, I mean, to, to, to flip it slightly on the onto the negative side, as you know, as part of all this and seeing it growing and you know learning all these things from video games, it, the one thing that it does have to learn and that we do have to learn, we have yet to the the yes. the community Jesus. as a whole. Yes, in fact, do you have a minute to talk about it? But, <laughs> but, uh, but no, asked. so the, uh, but no, but like a big part of it is still the community is big. The community is growing. There are a lot of great people out there, but like what you alluded to earlier, Mogan, there are a lot of people who are not, and there are a lot of people who are purely on there to be toxic and to, you know, poison just, the water just supply. Put, exactly. <laughs> like I have not obviously experienced near to the level of what you've come across. I'm sure in, in the gaming, but I, and actually I can only think of one time that it's really happened and it happened because it happened like two days ago. I was playing Overwatch again. Happiness, it can provide such happiness, but also such sadness. But this, we were playing this one round and it was just not going well. And these three guys who were on there as a, as a team decided that they were going to switch from their private party chat to the team chat to just harass. A, everybody just like saying man you guys suck i'm looking at your profile you main that guy like you suck and all this other, like all this other stuff and they, the thing is about i was like you know what if things aren't going your way complain like that i mean don't like don't complain or don't complain offer up a, a, a help a suggestion like be like hey instead of just charging in blindly with as genji why don't you try flanking or going around over here hey why a little better like better, right? i would if they call me a piece of shit at the end i would take it but yeah, at least yeah. they gave me constructive the criticism kind of thing <laughs> <laughs> so it's just it's still it's still it's like it's the games have taught us so much but they we still have games so much have taught yet us to humility learn. yes <laughs> that's true in spades. in spades i would love to think i'm great at for honor but i am not <laughs> i'm not at all got my ass handed to me many a time earlier today i feel like a much more valuable skill that i've learned from gaming is how to laugh at one's own self yeah <laughs> i can't even count the number so of times <laughs> i've just straight up fallen off the map from yeah. being dumb and it's like whoops a doodles that yeah. was my bad <laughs> Yeah, I definitely have had moments where I'm playing competitively and I do terrible and I disappoint everyone on my team and I'm mm-hmm. very much mm-hmm. like controller down, head in my hands. I'm like, crying I soft tears. Suck. <laughs> I, and, I, and I tell everyone on my team, like, I'm sorry that I suck, but I promise I'm going to do better. And like in other aspects of life, it's very easy to be like, I suck. I'm not going to try again. But yeah. there's something about gaming and that's maybe the fun factor, the addicting factor, whatever it is, is like, I want to keep trying. I yeah. want to keep going. And that maybe that has transferred into my life in a positive way of like the resilience to keep try again, try again, try again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. That's uh that's one thing that uh, is really interesting is how um, there's been e- educational video games for years, but it's only kind of recently that, um, people have started to realize how to make them effective and still fun. Yeah. But um, there's uh, kind of a revolution now going on with bringing games into classrooms. And it's because there's a lot of uh, evidence that games are extremely good at teaching things in many, many different dimensions. And one of the dimensions is exactly what you're talking about is in school, if you if you take a test and you're a kid and you do bad on that test and you get your grade back, the message to you is, well, you're not good at this. Right. Right. But in a game, 
if you set up a game to uh, to teach the material and to assess the material, uh, and they've shown this, is that students, uh, they are much more likely to, uh, instead of, instead of, you know, rebounding off of uh, bad feedback and, you know, uh, resigning themselves to failure, they immediately turn around and say, well, what can I do better next time? And they'll try again and again and again and again until they get it right. And it's, that's just one of the, the ways that games have found to be uh, extremely valuable tools for education when they're done properly. Right. And, um, and it's really exciting to see what's going to be coming up in the future for uh, games in classrooms and um, games for training. Uh, there's tons and tons of companies now that do their corporate training through games, and it's because it's really effective. If you uh, if you know what you're doing, then you can uh, engage people and get people involved to, and get them interested in spending time and invest themselves into doing things uh, that you know normally people just consider boring and, and right. bounce off of. That's awesome. Yeah. And especially too, like there's so many different ways that that could be, you know, later on or produce, implemented more, especially with augmented reality or virtual reality, the types of training applications that that could have, you know, since you mentioned that, it's a great point because, you know, especially for, you know, as obviously I don't think the technology's there, but still quite yet, but still the, the promise of, you know, if it's a heavy machinery job or something like that, where you don't have to actually take them out to the machine where they could either cause harm to themselves, property, or somebody else, you can have them be like, all right, here, you're going to sit in the simulator, you're going to learn how to do this thing. you know. Yeah. And that's been a thing already with like chucking and farming. I mean, not yeah. to the same extent, actually I mean, sitting in the cockpit, but still. Isn't one of the newer VR games like Forklift Simulator? And it's like, oh, great. Oh, yeah. Now I know yeah. how to do a forklift. That is one of those games. I can one of go them out is... onto any construction site around here and do that in my sleep. <laughs> one of them is Star Trek Bridge Crews. So you can learn how to fly the Enterprise. So know? applicable to it, regular life. Soon it will be. <laughs> The point I'm it making. It will be. I'm not saying it's here today. Nothing's here now. I'm saying it could be. And don't you want to be the first one to be like, I can fly the Enterprise. Yeah, actually, that would be pretty cool. That yes, would be pretty cool. You can do that yes, if such a thing exists. <laughs> when it does. <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean, I think, I like personally, this topic, like, like I could go saying, on we could and just on keep finding all these this. different these different areas and angles. But is there any other like specific things that anybody has, like one more thing for me? Uh, that's just one, like a lit, like not get into it, but like a just. Like well, no, one we thing. can get into it a little bit, but just like you know, one one more thing that that you feel like gaming has taught you, you've learned from it, yeah. uh, or changed you in in some yeah. way. Yeah, I mean, I've even touched on RPGs and in character investment and like morality in games and how that can well, reflect true. into real life. I've told that Fallout Four anecdote oh, twice, yeah. I think, on this podcast where I summarize it. Quick. Just, I just, someone, I saved someone and he wasn't thankful and I found him again and I murdered him. <laughs> and I really felt twisted up about it. And I was like, why did I, I why that. did I do that? No. <laughs> no. Bad, bad. <laughs> I, I really did, uh, I felt bad about it. And yeah. I was like, oh, that's an interesting moral choice that obviously has pretty much very little, you know, consequence, uh, in real life, obviously, but also right. kind of in the game, like no one found out or blah, blah, blah. But so really you learned how to get away with crime. I did. Yeah, that's what you learned. Did ABC television I, show. I think I just learned that, uh, 
with RPGs specifically, you can get a tremendous amount of investment in those games into your character, and like you are that character. And yeah. So when I did that, I was like, oh, I like told people about it. Like that was something I told people for like the next week. I was like, man, listen to the story. And like, isn't that weird? Like most people are like, no, who cares? But I was like, but it happened and it's cool. Yeah. Well, it happened and it was just like that was a choice I made. And right. choices, and you know, choices are something that doesn't exist in novels or or movies in the sense that you don't get to make the choice. There's obviously choices being made, but you don't get to make that choice. And right. In video games, you get to make all these choices, and so you know, video game morality. You could have yeah. maybe a philosophy class on that. I don't know. Yeah, Ooh, but there's something Ooh. there. Let's start that. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Let's so go ne- into it. That's right our now. next. That's our next. Uh, <laughs> Our next venture. Morality. <laughs> Could have like little pipes. Make a curriculum. Oh, cord cut pipes. Yeah, cord cut pipes, I do, I do say. Let me get out my monocle, good sir. Yeah. <laughs> so what about you, Chess? You got any, anything else that you think uh, they've taught you? Um, well, I kind of just wanted to reiterate, um, you know, a, a thread that I think I mentioned mul- multiple times, but I think it's important is um, a lot of people are gamers and, you know, they don't really think that that means a whole lot. Um, but I think that if people out there, listeners, they go back through their lives and they think about, um, you know, the influences on their life and the things that they've, they've learned through games that they can be fairly significant. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, I can, I can almost always tell when I meet someone and they're a gamer, you know, after a little while, because, uh, I've noticed that, you know, gamers, you know, there's many different kinds of games, but one of the common threads is that gamers have like a, a certain way of solving problems and stuff that um, if you're a gamer, you can kind of recognize them. Uh, you know, I think that games have uh, been more important in your life than maybe you realize and have given you valuable skills that you may not realize. Um, I mean, a couple of years ago, there was someone who was in, initially ridiculed and now it's actually being accepted more that uh, he put on his resume that he was a a guild leader for World of Warcraft, and you know people laughed him in at, at first. But then, when they started breaking down the fact that a guild leader they need to coordinate, um, and actually I, I read a book about this that I don't think got a lot of attention. But another guy actually broke it down how um, uh, in a in a guild and especially a competitive guild with raids and stuff, um, you have to have extremely good leadership skills and, and personal skills because it's not like a normal leadership position in a job where you can fire someone or whatever. Every one of your employees, every one of your raid people has the option at any moment to go to someone else. So the only way you can attract talent is with your leadership skills. There's no other way you can attract people. But anyway, all those, like this guy, when he started talking about it, everyone thought it was a joke. And now uh, Forbes magazine and all these other um, outlets have started saying, hey, yeah, these games, they teach you these skills. Um, you know, if you're working with people um, and, and you know, coordinating these things, that is, and that, that is not just analogous, but it's a direct comparison to real life uh, skills. And a lot of people, they might have those exact skills or similar skills, and they may not realize it because they've been taught their whole lives that video games are a waste of time. So I really encourage people to um, to challenge that thought and to see what happens. Uh, I know it's done wonders for me. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. excellent. Wow. That's awesome. Amazing. I want to monologue. Put Everybody that put that yeah. on your resume. Play the music yeah. and put the slow resume. push in. Like, that is what... 
this, that's going to get me places. My gaming <laughs> experience. That's pretty badass. I mean, that's a pretty solid, solid point right there. Yeah, that's Just so like great. Another, another way, and it will be interesting to see more as you know, as games become more and become more accepted. What, how other these other uses? Because like, who would have thought that you could put Guild Wars, a Guild Wars leader, on your on your resume that would actually work you yeah. know it's like one of those it's it's almost be something that you would put in the thing like the questionnaire just like the side the side note of oh I'm, i play games on the side kind of thing but it but to actually have it have the real life applicableness is, is pretty sweet yeah it's that's cool. awesome that's pretty cool i don't know that seems like a pretty solid solid point <laughs> yeah. to end on. like i don't know how much more like that's a that was a great point yeah. i don't know how much more we can add to that um so i'll go ahead and do the song contest real quick and okay. then we'll do our we'll do our close so i have a hint for everybody Get ready. It's a toughie. Is hint, hint is <laughs> no, that's not the hint. The hint is heroes never die. Oh, come on. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> because you know, you're being all like judgmental about it. Yeah, he said it was a toughie. I told sarcastically. You, yeah, yeah. Sarcastically. But the hint is Asterisk heroes whatever. never die. So stick around to the end of this episode where I'll put in the song for you all to listen to. And remember, the song contest goes live at Wednesday, 9 a.m. the day after this episode goes airs. First person to correctly guess the song by either replying to the Facebook post, the Twitter post, or writing it in the comments on YouTube will get to send us a song and hint for a future episode. So get ready Wednesday, 9 a.m. the day after this episode goes live, July 5th, my birthday. So give me a good present. But anyway... Chess, it has been awesome having you on the show. I really loved this topic. It created yeah. a lot of great conversation. I think the conversation, like, like I said, it, that was one of the foundations of why we wanted to start this podcast. And so it was great to have you on to be able to really bring bring that back, that conversation, and, and to bring to light these new these new things and the way that games are impacting and teaching people every day. So it was awesome having you on. Yeah, and yeah, could you remind you. us before you go, just restate the name of your podcast and when it's coming mm, out? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So the game, the the game, the show is it's called Plus Seven Intelligence, and uh, you'll be able to find it in all the major uh, podcasting locations pretty soon. Um, right now, or when this is uh, first heard, um, it you you might have to search for it in in iTunes and stuff. But on the on my website, plus seven intelligence dot com, uh, I'll have a teaser trailer up and some more info. Um, Soon I'll be getting some subscribe links and stuff like that, probably by the time this airs. And um, uh, the show actually launches officially on the 17th of July, so not too far from now. And um, seven, seventeen, yeah, I'm, 17, uh, plus seven. Oh yeah, that's oh, yeah, that's a good, nice. Yeah. And uh, yeah, seven, seventeen, seventeen. Uh, <laughs> I insisted on that, and um, <laughs> I demanded myself. <laughs> I demanded of myself. <laughs> <laughs> and. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited about it. There'll be a lot of conversations um, similar to this. Um, I really want to kind of dig down into what uh, games really mean to people. So, uh, yeah, so Plus 7 Intelligence, the best place right now is plus7intelligence.com. And uh, you can look for this logo. Can you see that? Ooh, yeah. fancy. There you go. Oh, there we yeah, go. Look, Whoa, look you that. got business cards? Wow. Oh, it's only one S, the more you know. Yes, my name is Chess. And it sounds like the game, but it's not spelled by the game. Oh. Um, I did not come up with this name. I filed complaints me. with my parents' complaint department. Still waiting to get back on those. Still but, waiting. Uh, to get back. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so so that's the show, and um, and I had an absolute blast. I'm, I, you know, I'm just starting to get these ideas out and see what people think about them, and 
I really appreciate the warm reception, and uh, I really uh, appreciate your guys' show for um, you know broaching these topics sometimes and treating games a little bit more seriously, and uh, but still having a good time. So yeah, so thanks for having me on. Yeah, awesome. thank you. Yeah, thanks for coming on again. It's been great. Well, that concludes this episode of Team Chat Podcast. Until next time, I'm one of your hosts, Jarrett Wilson, joined to my right by Rachel Mogan. Arrivederci. To my left. <laughs> Zachary Parks and our special guest today, Chess Hall. Thanks for coming on again, man. Adios, guys. All right. We'll see you all next time. Stick around for the song.